Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's our intention as we sit here today to give Mason Rudolph an opportunity to start. Um, He's a veteran guy. He's a a backup, but he's also a veteran guy. Uh, He's been in our program a long time. He's here for those reasons. We got a great deal of comfort with him. Why are we making the change, man? We don't like what we're looking at and the consistency of it. What I mean is we're not scoring enough points. Mike Tomlin, coach of the Steelers. Going to Mason Rudolph. Is this 2019? What year is it? How is he still on that team? What has he done to still be on that team? I mean, really. It is amazing to me. Every offseason, Mason Rudolph re-signs with the Steelers. It went picket, Trubisky, Rudolph, and now it's down to Rudolph because Trubisky wasn't good enough. That doesn't bode well for Trubisky's future in Pittsburgh. And, you know, there will be a time for this as we get closer to the end of the season, and maybe the Steelers will turn it around and run the table. But 50 years of following football, I've lived in and around Pittsburgh. And I always kind of have a, a sense of where the wind's blowing. For the first time since Mike Tomlin became the head coach, I feel like the wind is blowing toward a separation. And I think it will be Tomlin leaving, not the Steelers firing him. I felt it with Cower in 2006. It helped that Jerome Bettis in his first appearance with NBC said, Cower's out after this year, which <laughs> he ended up being 100% right. I feel like Tomlin whether it's somebody calls from another team and tries to work a trade, whether it's a mutual parting, they don't fire people in Pittsburgh. They would not fire him. But it's starting to feel like it's time for both sides to just go their separate ways. It really is starting to feel like that. And I'm a huge Tomlin guy. I was banging the table for Mike Tomlin, even though it meant he was leaving the Vikings as defensive coordinator after one great season in 2006. Great enough that it almost made up for the fact that Brad Childress was the head coach. Tomlin got that job when they were ready to give it to Russ Grimm, and it's worked out perfectly. But it's just at the point after all these years. 
change for the sake of change, when you're talking about a football team and the same message and we're doing the same things and we're not getting the results we want, at some point, change, I think, is what you need. Yes. Um, well, first of all, let's go to Rudolph because, you know, when it's Christmas week and, you know, you don't like what you're seeing, who else do you turn to but Rudolph, right? It's got to light that thing up, baby. Um, so I don't know if that's really going to happen. I would Mason, rather Rudolph. I would rather – I would rather be struck over the head with a helmet than hear another Rudolph Christmas reference. <laughs> well, get ready and buckle up because I got a few more coming. Uh, I really don't. But, I, I mean, look, if you're going to Mason Rudolph because Mitchell Trubisky has not played well enough, then you're kind of screwed. I mean, it is going to be <laughs> Mason Rudolph probably yeah. versus Jake Browning. And, like, that's not necessarily the most exciting quarterback matchup I've ever heard of. But, look, Jake Browning has been playing well. He's got the Bengals still in playoff contention. And, you know, to your further point, I was thinking the same thing this weekend when I'm watching the Steelers against the Colts. And you get you got Gardner Minshew playing clean football against that defense. To me, it's like, well, wait a minute. How is Gardner Minshew not turning the ball over against the Pittsburgh Steelers? This doesn't make any sense. And so I think for whatever reason, my Tomlin message might not be resonating with guys anymore. And this is also something that you look at with George Pickens and kind of the effort issues that Mike Tomlin also kind of addressed yesterday during his press conference. And you think about what he was able to do with Antonio Brown. Right. And all the garbage that we now know Antonio Brown can spew to the world. And we didn't really see that in Antonio Brown's first few years in the league. We just thought he was one of the best receivers in football. And obviously there was all kinds of BS that must have been going on behind the scenes that Tomlin could control. It's not happening there anymore. And so maybe it's just time for that separation. As you were mentioning, there would be teams lined up to try and hire Mike Tomlin. And I think that they should, but. Sometimes when you're at a place for so long, it just, things run their course. And if things continue on this downward trajectory, as they look like they're going to for the Pittsburgh Steelers, then things might have run their course for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. And that is not something that I anticipated saying when this season started. If I'm a team thinking about making a phone call to another team, inquiring about a coach currently under contract, I'm far more likely to call the Steelers for Tomlin than I am the Patriots for Bill Belichick. Absolutely. Period. Yes. Commanders? Yes. The Commanders, yes. it makes so much more sense for Tomlin. He's from that area, I, and it's exactly the kickstart that I think he needs at this stage of his life. He's still got the fire. He's still got the drive. And, Miles, I made this point after the Thursday night win over the Titans – when George Pickens was upset, upset during the game, upset after the game, the next day, social media, he did the mm -hmm. thing that young players now do to send messages to all of us. And the old people in the crowd like me say, oh, that doesn't mean anything. No, it means everything. That's how they communicate. The mere fact that it came to that point was a sign of failure by Mike Tomlin. Because Tomlin's right. superpower had been to intervene and nip it in the bud and never let it become a full-blown frustration. Manage the guy, sense it coming, right? Pull the plug before the appliance explodes, as best I can come up with in the moment. But okay. understand where understand what's coming 
and act before it goes off the rails. And, yeah. and I got dragged a little bit for that by some Steelers fans that really don't care. I just thought it was funny that sometimes people don't get the point. Sometimes they deliberately miss the point, and I think they were deliberately missing my point. My point was, and still is, Mike Tomlin of 10 years ago, you don't know anything about George Pickens being upset. You never know he's frustrated. He, he never acts that way during a game. Never acts that way after a game. Doesn't storm out of the locker room without talking to reporters. Doesn't do stuff on social media. And that, that to me, is the best example that there is a disconnect between that locker room and Tomlin, at least the way Tomlin used to run that team. And, and I think it's just the kind of thing that contributes to a sense. It's, just time to, it's time for a fresh start for everybody. And I think the Steelers will be better off. Now, I don't know who the hell they're going to hire, but they'll be better off. And Tomlin will be better off. And that's the thing I always say to the Steelers fans. They rise up and say, get rid of Tomlin anytime they win two games in a row. Number one, who are you going to get? And number two, are you prepared to watch Mike Tomlin go somewhere else and be wildly successful? Because that's probably what's going to happen. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, we're, neither of us are saying Mike Tomlin can't coach anymore. Because that's not the case. And I think it's very obvious that there are teams, like we said, that would line up to try and get Mike Tomlin in their building. But it's just sometimes when you are at a place for a long time, you know, Epstein said this when he went from the Red Sox to uh, the Chicago Cubs, and now I'm mixing sports and bringing in baseball to a football show. But sometimes when you are at a team for a very long time, things run their course. Your message starts to get lost. It's one of the things that I have admired about Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll because they've been so wildly successful at places for so long that you just kind of expect, oh, yeah, they're going to be in the mix no matter what, who their quarterback is, what kind of injury situations do they have. It doesn't matter. They're going to continue to get these program victories. You could say the same thing about Harbaugh in Baltimore. So I, I don't know why this year has been different. You know, obviously they don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore. And when you don't have your franchise quarterback, that changes everything for you. And Kenny Pickett, I mean, God bless him. Like he's, he's not at that level. Who knows if he's going to be, I don't know. And they are, their offense has had problems all year and they date back to last year too. But I don't know if Mike Tomlin can get back to the point with the Steelers that he was at because things have just started to unravel in ways that I never, ever would have expected before the season. And I guess, like I said, it's just maybe things have just run their course there. You know, I'm looking at some of these teams that may or may not be looking for coaches. Mm-hmm. And there are some names that would be obvious, like the Commanders. There are names that would be intriguing, like the Raiders, mm-hmm. the Falcons. Well, the Panthers. Now, they reportedly want an offensive coach, and I get that, but David Tepper used to be minority owner of the Steelers, so he could be interested in in Tom. There's one, and I know we're supposed to be talking about quarterbacks, and I apologize to Courtney for the fact that we've gone off on this detour. I tried to talk myself out of it before we even started. How about this one that just occurred to me? Mm-hmm. The New York Jets. Remember that game, Packers-Steelers, a couple of years back? And I know if I talk about it long enough, the control room is going to find it. The Mike Tomlin, Aaron Rodgers, mutual show of respect. Yes. You know, 
It has been such a shit show this year for the Jets that I feel like, even though I've been saying for weeks now, they need to come out and tell everyone, we're going to load it up and we're going to run it back next year with what we were going to try to do this year. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, who fancies himself the most powerful person on the team, and he is, and when he gave back that $33 million, that bought him a lot of power. Oh, it was so selfless. No, Okay. It bought him a lot of power. If he goes to Woody and he says, hey, Woody, you know what we should do? We really want to win a Super Bowl with me here. If we really want to do this. Uh, something's going on in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin. And that's a phone call you make, Woody. And I don't know anything about his relationship with Woody Johnson. There it is. Well done. There it is. There it yeah. is. A little, a little, yeah, one of these days. Yeah, I see you. One of these days. Man, I wish I had that guy on my team. Man, I wish that guy was my coach. Hey, guys, maybe one of these days we can work this out. Well, maybe, and, and you know, I, I, I hate to even go there, and I had no intention to go there. And thank you again, maybe. Control Room, for finding that. But, man, wouldn't that be something? Mike Tomlin, coach of the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Jets for 2024. Wouldn't that be something? Who's their offensive coordinator? I don't know what else to say. Oh, I mean, the the, the question. Nathaniel, no, listen, let me tell you something. No, 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 no. Nathaniel Hackett has more job security than Kim Jong-un, Miles. He ain't going anywhere as long as Aaron Rodgers is around. (laughs) You've thrown like four turds. I don't know. You've thrown four turds into the punch bowl in this segment. That was the biggest one. God, what are you doing over there? It either, it's it snow him. on the ground in West it's Virginia. Him. It's Christmas. Let's just mention the dictator of North Korea in the football show. Oh, yeah. As we have stirred the pot already talking about Mike Tomlin to the Jets. I mean, I, 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 I don't even know what I'm supposed to say at this point other than wow. Should we, should we talk about uh, – uh, never mind. Go ahead. Um, do you have anything else to add before we move on? Um, but you get my I point. You get my point. Hackett's not going point. anywhere. Yes. Hackett's not going anywhere. That's Rogers' buddy. No. Rogers' dream scenario is him and Hackett run the offense, and the head coach is a defensive guy who kicks ass and takes names. Okay, we tried it this year with Robert Sala. I've gotten to know Robert Sala. This is Rogers talking, possibly. Yes. You know what? Uh-huh. Nice guy. I like him. Good coach. But he ain't Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin may be available. That's the only reason I started down this path because I could see Rogers thinking it because he's already said how it's great for him to have this defensive head coach who takes care of everything else and Rogers and Hackett can take care of the offense. Hackett ain't going anywhere. Hackett is far safer in this analysis than Robert Saul. Far safer. Well, I, I frankly, I don't think he should be, but you know, I, I understand the scenario that you now have brought up and that yes, does make sense. But I, I, I mean, from a Tomlin standpoint, I don't know if I would want to necessarily deal with that. Although, yeah, you've got one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I mean, how healthy is he really going to be coming off the Achilles? All of this stuff. I think if I'm Mike Tomlin and I'm playing on my future, would I rather be the coach of the Steelers, the Commanders, somewhere else, maybe the Chargers, you know, or with the Jets, which are like a volatile powder keg? I, I don't know that that's all that appealing to me if I'm somebody who has options 
And in this scenario, this big hypothetical that we now have brought up, Mike Tomlin would certainly have I, options on the open market. I understand. I understand. But boy, there is something about the idea. It's a oh, fun idea yes. as a hypothetical, yes. But I mean, you know, I, you're, you, if, you, if it's anybody, not even tinfoil hat. It's like anybody, I don't even know where we. It's just creative thinking. It's we're, we're trying to find a spot for Mike Tomlin. And I was looking at the standings. I saw the Jets, and yeah. I thought of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and I thought of Mike Tomlin, and we we brought up the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, you know, the, 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 there's something there between I see how we got the two of that. them from the idea yeah. of mutual admiration. So I'm right. just, and I don't think I'm the average Jets questions. fan is going to be nearly as excited about next year with Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, Aaron Rodgers as they were this year. I, I think, I think they gonna, could, though. I have to deal with them on Sundays. They're not very excited. I know. I know, but I'm just saying, like, but, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, but everything it's been such is different. A mess. And the offensive scheme looks different. The offensive line looks different. The receivers look different. Every, and the defense can play from ahead as opposed to playing from behind and feeling like you've got to drag the offense through most things. So I understand. I, I, I think continuity is not a horrible thing for the New York Jets. Even I, if, as in this hypothetical, Mike Tomlin is available. Talk to some Jets fans, and you might feel otherwise. Okay, so it's my fault. The entire segment went off the rails because I got fascinated with the potential future for Mike Tomlin. I have no idea what the future for the show is going to be. I've been told to go to break. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next. You'll find out when we do, when PFT Live continues right after this. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I just want to uh, provide an update. We will be starting Nick Mullins at quarterback uh, this week. I thought Nick did a lot of really good things in the football game on Saturday, moved the team. Um, we had our first 100-yard rusher of the season, Nick over 300 yards, um, all positive things, and, and Nick knows uh, we also need to, you know, try to limit those uh, and eliminate those, uh, you know, critical, critical errors where we turn the football over in the red zone with chances for points uh, twice there in the football game, um, and Nick will continue to work towards that, but I think with another good week of preparation and building upon the positive things he did, Last Saturday, my expectation is Nick's going to go out and play really well for us this weekend. 
Hey, Vikings, I like that hat. Send me that hat, please, for Christmas. All right, thank you. Um, yeah, the positives are Nick Mullins had 300 yards passing and they had a 100-yard rusher, and uh, it's great. The negative is they didn't win the game. That's the, that's, the, that's the flip side of the coin here. Positive, you had some great statistics. Negative, the one statistic that matters most didn't work out our way, points scored versus points allowed. And he had that one weird interception where – I don't know what the hell he was doing. That was where I thought it's time to give Jaron Hall a try. You got to protect the football better than that. And I assume this is it when he gets twisted. This is the red zone pick that was just like, what the hell is that? And then there's the one that really is what the hell is that where, where he, he's like falling down and he's trying to get rid of it. And he just kind of, just kind of gives it to the defense. Like, what is that? And, it was it a fumble? Yeah, and he was right. He said, "Oh, I was throwing the ball." Yeah, you were, and the guy intercepted it because you handed it to him. You 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 should have gift wrapped and put a bow on it. Good lord! So that was the, I, that was the dumbest thing, a, Mike. I mean, if he throws it, it's intentional grounding. So it's like, oh yes, I I was making a forward pass. Yes, look at me. I threw it forward. Yes, yeah, like yeah, well, dummy. Well, it's intentional grounding. Like what 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 difference does well, it make? You're still gonna have the ball a there. I mean, like, he thought it was a fumble. No, 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 no. Well, it's better than okay. That's that's the point. That's why you do that. He wasn't he wasn't saying, "Mom, look at me." He was trying to argue against the idea that he had fumbled the ball because I thought he like didn't. he threw it backward. Right. He didn't fumble. It was an interception. But <laughs> right. But anyway, that's why he was doing that because he didn't want it to be ruled Still. a fumble. But uh, regardless, okay. regardless, they fumbled the opportunity to win. See what I did there. And uh-huh. their other option is Jaron Hall who's unproven still, Josh Dobbs, no thank you. This is all they got. This is all they got. Lions, Packers, Lions, this is all they got. Nick Mullins, that's it. They're going to ride or die with Nick Mullins, and we'll see how far they ride until they die, and it may not be very far at all. The Falcons, speaking of ride or die and more likely to die, Desmond Ritter out, Taylor Heineke in. And we can all blame it on the throw that Ritter made in the red zone, which – it almost was kind of this no look. It had kind of a no look vibe to it, and if it was, well, he he should have been looking because he threw it right to a, a Panthers player and set the stage for Carolina winning the game. Here he is rolling left. They could have gone up ten six, slammed the door. It, it, it's, I, who the hell? There's four Panthers there. What the hell was what? he thinking? Is there a little no look element to this? It's like what the hell is that? It was kind of no lookish. And uh, it was a mess. So Ritter's out, Taylor Heineke's in, because if they don't do something down the stretch, Arthur Smith could be out. I, I That, bro, is just what in the world are you looking at? What in the world are you thinking? What in the world is your situational awareness? And the, the Falcons never got the ball back. I mean, that might be the last throw of Desmond Ritter's Falcons career. And if it is, he kind of deserves it, man. I mean, it's just, it's been a roller coaster that's not fun for Desmond Ritter this year as a starting quarterback. And I, again, I don't know what he was looking at. I don't know what his situational awareness was because the Panthers were never going to drive down the field and score a touchdown. It was not going to happen. So what do you need to do in that situation? Get points, make sure you get points so that you can try to put that game away. And it was not a situation where they needed to be throwing it to the end zone. They needed to be throwing it down there. Just get some yards slide. Get in, stay in bounds. Keep the clock running. It is a torrential downpour. We don't necessarily need to do things and try to play hero ball in this situation. I don't know what Desmond Ritter was doing 
except for signing his basically his pink slip to be saying, oh, yeah, I, I can't do this. I can't be the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe I'll get another chance down the road with another team, but this is not the job for me. Because I, again, I, when you're throwing it there and there are four Panthers there, they're, they're, they're black jerseys versus white jerseys. What are we doing? I have no idea. And so, yeah, you have to play Taylor Heineke now because that's the only way you can say that the team, yeah, we're trying to give you the best chance to win. They have been smitten with the intangibles of Desmond Ritter, and I think they have hoped that they can teach him the other stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people out there who have the intangibles to be great quarterbacks. They can be great natural leaders. They're great in the locker room. Everybody loves them. But if you can't play, you can't play. It doesn't matter. You know, that's the reality. We're just coming to the conclusion that his ceiling is somewhere between two and three on the depth chart if he wants to continue to play in the NFL and be a backup, an emergency option. And even then, that that just was a hell of a moment. And Sims had been saying all day in the viewing room, this game is going to come down to Desmond Ritter making a bad throw in a big spot, and the Panthers are going to take the game, and that's exactly what they did. All right, let's take a break. When we return, there was a moment on Saturday night between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson that has caused fair questions as to whether or not the relationship between the two is in a good spot. It's an important question because Russell Wilson has $37 million becomes fully guaranteed in March. Is it okay between Payton and Wilson? We'll delve into that next year on PFT Live. You may have seen the last uh, couple of days, your interaction with Russ uh, got a lot of national and, and local attention. I was just wondering with uh, a couple of days of a reflection, anything more you can share about that moment you, you had with Russ? Nothing, nothing more to share, Mike. Um, it, 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 it's certainly, you know, in-game, you know, intensity, heat of the moment, all those things, but... Uh, Nothing more to add. Coach, did you feel the need to um, hash things out with Russ one-on-one or address the blow-up with the team? Not at all. Um, first off, we haven't had a team meeting, and, and Russ and I have a great relationship. Um, no, not at all. The moment that you can see on the screen and that the the conversation that you could hear was addressing happened on Saturday night, after a fourth and short at the goal line, it was a touchdown. There was an offensive offside. Get used to that. Offensive offside is the new thing this year. And they had to kick a field goal instead. Touchdown would have made the game 28-14 with a successful one-point PAT. And it, it just seemed odd that Peyton was giving it to Russ because Russ didn't do anything wrong on that play. And there was speculation the prior play might have been a touchdown. Was Peyton trying to get the red flag in? Whatever it was, though, Miles, I interpreted that interaction. If we can show it, I interpret it as Peyton letting loose on Russ because of something he has told him 20 freaking times. I, we've been over this time and time again. How many times do I have to tell you this is what we need to do? The fact that it's directed at him, there's some, like, how many? I've, I've freaking told you. Like, that that's how I interpret that body language. And I can't even begin to read the lips. But it's, we've been over this. I've told you this a hundred freaking times. We can't do this. This is what we have to do. Whatever it is, I think that's what it was. So that's what makes me think there's something deeper here than just frustration in the moment. 
there's something that Russ has failed to do that Peyton wanted him to do or something he is doing that Peyton wants him to not do, and they've been over it and over it and over it, and it's the middle of December and you're still doing it. That's how I interpreted it, and if that's the case, it does make me wonder where things stand between the two guys going forward. Yeah, you know, Mike, I mean, coming into this season, I kind of thought that we'd get to a point in December where it, it would become obvious that Jarrett Stidham would be an option at quarterback over Russell Wilson. And the fact that we have not reached that point yet, I think speaks to the coaching job that Sean Payton has done with Russell Wilson after the, the disaster that was the 2022 season. But I, I was really kind of... I don't know that that interaction was just so bizarre to me because it was kind of like, well, what could he be that mad about? Is it that Russell Wilson didn't make a proper check at the line of scrimmage so that there would have been no question of whether or not the, the running back got into the end zone on the run or something that just was not right. I mean, it's hard for me to be, th- to think that Sean Payton's that mad about Russell Wilson doing something that could have prevented an offensive offside. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's not really Russell Wilson's responsibility when the dude lines up in the neutral zone. That that whole thing was very odd to me, but I do think you're right. That's why I think it was something more than that. Yes. Something more than that. It probably speaks to something deeper because – like what what's really going on there and we don't know what happens inside that building every single day but yeah i think that there is that element of how many times do i have to tell you when we do x you need to do y or when x happens this is what the way you should react or you need to make this check how is this something that we're still doing when it's week 15 and you've been my quarterback all season long what are we doing here so yeah i, I don't know where this goes between Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and the Broncos. But I went into this season thinking that this would be Russell Wilson's last year there. And while things have been better for Russell Wilson, no doubt, that kind of interaction kind of makes me go back to the way I was thinking at the beginning of the season where these three weeks are going to be very, very big for Russell Wilson when it comes to his future with Denver. There would be a significant cap consequence to moving on from Russell Wilson after this year. They could cut him after... June 1 or do the post-June 1 designation. I don't know that anyone's going to trade for the contract. The bottom line is this. Though. In March, another $37 million becomes fully guaranteed for 2025. So they're going to have a Band-Aid to rip off at some point. And if it comes down to Sean Payton simply believing this isn't the answer long-term for me, then so be it. Early in the year, it looked like a no-brainer. There would be a divorce. Then it got better. The moment from Saturday night, Given the circumstances and the context, it just makes me think there's something deeper, and it all came out in that moment. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. Um, let's go ahead and take a break. We're actually a little bit ahead somehow, some way. We'll, we'll, we'll use all the time we have allotted. That's, that's never been an issue. We've never run out of things to say. When we return, some things that Browns coach Kevin Stefanski has had to say about Miles Garrett. The great pass rusher for Miles Cleveland Browns. More PFT Live right after this. The way Miles is playing uh, is, is unbelievable. I mean, if I can, I'll, I'll get on the soapbox here for a second. But he's the best player on the best defense in the league right now. And go put the tape on, watch play number four, and watch how he, it's a gain of three, but watch how they try to block him. He won't be denied, gets the guy on the ground. And I think what happens with with our game, we get so wrapped up in sacks 
he makes a play on a crack toss late in the game for that loses six yards. Uh, and if it's a sack, it, it you know people think it's, it adds to the statistics or whatever. He, he's dominant uh, as a defensive player. So it, it, he's a defensive player of the year. I don't think it's close. Um, and, and he's going to finish strong for this football team. But to get so wrapped up at, as we do as a uh, football society, when it comes to sacks, I mean, just talk about the guy that, that affects the game, that pressures the quarterback, that plays the run, that, that plays with unbelievable effort. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know that there's anybody in the same, uh, same uh, realm as him. Kevin Stefanski saying the predictable thing on behalf of one of his players. He's making the same case that Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn would make for Michael Parsons, the same case that Mike Tomlin would make for T.J. Watt. It's predictable. It's understandable. It goes with the territory. It's, it's really a headline if Kevin Stefanski starts saying, you know what, I think T.J. Watt is a more viable candidate for defensive player of the year than Miles Garrett. But he's absolutely right in everything he says. Look, somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say it. He's absolutely right. And there was a time where I had Miles Garrett pegged as maybe – maybe an MVP candidate. Then they lost two games in a row against the Broncos and the Rams, and some of that steam came out. Now they've won two in a row, and I don't know what's going to happen the next three weeks. They win the division. Maybe Miles Garrett gets an MVP vote from me. Maybe he gets onto the top five on my ballot. But defensive player of the year, yes, that's a very real possibility, even though he's currently not the betting favorite. The betting favorite for now, for now, is Micah Parsons at minus 110. Miles Garrett next on the list at plus 165, Miles Simmons. Well, I also, as much as I love Miles Garrett and I think he's great, I do think he is the best defensive player in the league right now. I don't, I don't know if it's really fair to say. I don't think it's close. And yes, Kevin Stefanski is going for his guy, and that's exactly what he should do. But, I mean, you can look around the league and see the way guys influence and affect things defensively. I mean, Michael Parsons, obviously... The Dallas Cowboys defense didn't have that great a performance, but that's another guy where you see it every single snap. You know, the Jaguars, Josh Allen, another guy, Daniil Hunter for the Vikings. I mean, these guys, uh, they've played really, really, really well. But Miles Garrett, I think the types of things that he's been able to do over the course of this season and the leadership he's been able to show, the fact that he's still been able to make plays despite being held on basically every single play, which is why he criticized the officiating the way he did last week I mean it really 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 is impressive and you know when you are a defense that had the struggles that they did last year with Joe Woods as the defensive coordinator you bring in Jim Schwartz this is the kind of stuff that I thought we might see from Miles Garrett where they did make some more investments along the defensive line and guys like Darius Smith you know you bring in other guys like Shelby Harris and it makes things that much easier for Miles Garrett to get those one-on-one opportunities, even though most of the time he's still going to get doubled. But he's taken his game to another level, right? And I felt like that could be the case, and it has been this year. And it's part of why the Browns are now 9-5 and five and look like they are going to make it to the playoffs for the second time in Kevin Stefanski's tenure, despite all of the crap that they've had to go through with injuries this year. It really is remarkable. Four starting quarterbacks this year Mm -hmm. and getting 38-year-old Joe Flacco off the couch when others foolishly had ignored him. It still is amazing to me that no one had called him sooner. He's done a great job. They get to the playoffs. And let's pivot to Stefanski because we spend so much time talking about MVP. We don't talk much about coach of the year. 
And coach of the year, I've always explained it this way. It is the coach whose team best exceeds the generally accepted expectations entering the season. You expect them to be a Super Bowl contender. They are a Super Bowl contender. You're not coach of the year. Bill Belichick, I think, only ever got it the year that they went undefeated. But the, the, the sweet spot is new coach, new team, non-playoff team, becomes playoff team. That's how you get in the conversation. Shane Steichen of the Colts, D'Amico Ryans of the Texans, Kevin Stefanski a few years ago with mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns, his first year, 2020, turned around a non-playoff team, took them to the top of the stack. And Stefanski languishing at 15-1, to 1, down there with Zach Taylor behind John Harbaugh. Um, how, th- there's only one guy on that graphic who's had four starting quarterbacks this year, and it's Stefanski. I don't know whether it's because he's won one or whether we don't expect much out of the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. I don't get it. His odds should be better. I mean, again, and I, I always wrestle with recommending what people should do with their money. If you're going to bet anyway and you're looking for something to bet on, if you've got your gambling money set aside – if you got your gambling money over here and you already have your limits on what you're going to spend and what you're willing to lose, then maybe think about, if you're looking for value, think about Stefanski. I'm not saying go out and affirmatively make a bet when you otherwise weren't going to. Oh, I got to go bet. So, uh, Florio said Stefanski is good value. But if you're already going to do it anyway, those odds are enticing to me because Stefanski, I think, should be higher on that list than he is. Uh, I think Stefanski should be way higher. You know, way, way, way higher. He's like MacGyver as a head coach right now. I mean, look at what he's done. You know? You, he's I thought you don't know about anything the- from the 80s. How can, you, how can you say proudly you don't know anything about Back to the Future, right? You don't know anything about the 80s, and you're going to make a, a, a MacGyver drop on me? Are you kidding me? Get out of here with that. You know all about the 80s. You just, you, just try to, you just try to yank my chain. I know plenty about the 80s. I don't know much 80s movies, but I have to admit I stole that one from my mom because she obviously is a very big Browns fan living in Cleveland. So she made that reference when we were talking last night. But I think what he's been able to do is basically put a team together with shoestrings, gum, a paperclip. You know, I mean, look at what he did on Sunday. I mean, they have four or five offensive line starters out of the game, and somehow they are still able to do things enough in the fourth quarter where Joe Flacco looks like an elite quarterback throwing that pass down the field to Amari Cooper in a spot where, I mean, I don't know how he fit it between those three defenders, and they still do it, right? You get the pass off to David Njoku down there uh, when you're at third down. You've got to make sure that you get this drive, continue to go, and he makes the catch on the left side, and then he gets you into field goal range. I mean, what Kevin Stefanski's done with this team, winning games with four different quarterbacks, has been so, so, so impressive. And I don't understand why there's not more conversation for him as coach of the year. But I got to tell you, I mean, being from Cleveland, yeah, you got to kind of temper things a little bit because you never know what's going to happen until it happens. But if the Browns go to the playoffs, they win 10, 11 games this year, or if they win, happen to win all the, their last three, and they especially if they win 12, there is no argument against Kevin Stefanski being coach of the year, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know that we've seen something like this where a team plays four quarterbacks and still looks like they could possibly win a playoff game, in large part because of the defense. And I don't think you can also discount the decision for Kevin Stefanski to go out and get Jim Schwartz 
to be his defensive coordinator. I mean, is there a better assistant hire that has happened over the offseason into this year? I don't think so. So a lot of stuff has gone right for Kevin Stefanski, and he deserves a lot of credit. Who was available for anyone and wasn't working. It was all, you know, Vic Fangio and Isro Evero and Brian Flores and, oh, hey, Jim Schwartz. Oh, and it was one of those things, like, when it happens, like, hey, you know what? It kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And right out of the gates, one of their first games, I talked to Miles Garrett afterward, and he's going on and on about everything Jim Schwartz is doing. They're moving him around. They're doing what they can to maximize Miles Garrett. So, um, yeah. By the way, by the way, the uh, I laughed at the MacGyver thing because my Christmas book, On Our Way Home, which is available at Amazon now, three ninety nine for the ebook, nine ninety nine for the print edition. All proceeds benefit my local animal shelter. There is a MacGyver reference in my Christmas book, and oh. and a MacGruber reference. MacGyver and McGroup. Yes. Maybe in the same paragraph. I, so anyway. Ooh, that's a tease. Go ahead. Go ahead. I am more familiar with MacGruber than snarky. MacGyver. Right. MacGruber was that, my I thought it was going to be something snarky now. directed at me. Oh, no. Yes. But see, how do you understand and appreciate MacGruber if you don't know what MacGyver is? You got to know MacGyver to fully appreciate MacGruber. I guess, but it was still funny. And it was the MacGruber thing. And then I somehow gained an understanding of what MacGyver was from mcgruber so i i don't know i mean i was a kid man the things things happen that way didn't they make a mcgruber movie i think they might have i don't i don't know wasn't that like <laughs> one of the various people. like there's an like there's an snl skit that works and it's really popular and then they decide yeah. somebody gets too drunk one night and they decide to make it a movie and it's like this works in like three minute chunks you know i loved i loved and i love that i i wish they would bring back what up with that I don't know that I could sit through 90 minutes of what up with that. Three, five minutes of it. I love it. So anyway, let's take a break. Before we take a break, though, I need to tell you this. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We'll be right back with more PFT Live. There it is, McGruber. By the way, <laughs> by the way, it is streaming on Peacock. Okay. Shout out to Peacock, along with a season of the McGruber TV show. I had no idea there was a McGruber TV show. So I know what I'm doing today. And if you don't have Peacock, you better get Peacock because on Saturday night, Bills Chargers, exclusively streaming on Peacock. Great deals on Peacock, great content, including McGruber, both the film and the TV show. Well done, Backroom, pulling that up. There was a show, and all the SNLs are on there, too. You can watch all the way back to 1975, every episode. You can watch it all the way through. You'll see the first McGruber. You'll see the first What Up With That. You'll see the episode from November of 2009 when Al Gore, and Mindy Kaling and Lindsey Buckingham, actually Bill Hader playing Lindsey Buckingham, were doing what up with that. And my wife, my son, and I were sitting literally 10 feet away as it was happening. They're all there. Peacock, great deal. Go get it. Uh, anyway, back to business. We spoke about Mike Tomlin earlier. Will he be the Steelers coach after the season ends? Apparently, DeMonte KZ will not be playing for the rest of the season pending appeal. Suspended for the rest of the year after the hit that he applied to Colts receiver Michael Pittman, On Saturday, he has been fined five times for various unnecessary roughness violations. 
for a total of 59 grand just this year. And that's what this is. It's progressive discipline. Any workplace, any school, any organization, we apply a penalty. And if it doesn't change your behavior, we increase the penalty. If that doesn't change your behavior, we increase the penalty. And up and up it goes until the guy is gone. Now, he'll appeal. We've seen we've seen some players have success. Kareem Jackson had a four-game cut down to two. But then I think his four-game, his most recent four-game was upheld. So we'll see whether the appeal is successful. But, Miles, they, 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 you know, that was a dangerous hit. They're trying to get that out of the game. And if guys won't change their behavior, the only thing to do about it is get them off the field. It, it is. And, look, we've seen it already this year, right, with the Denver Broncos, uh, Jackson, right? So it's not like we haven't seen suspensions for things like this. And that was such a dangerous hit. And you were just – I mean, I, I was happy to see Michael Pittman get up and walk off the field, you know, and obviously he's in concussion protocol. So that's one thing you don't ever like to see somebody suffer a head injury, but just the viciousness of that hit. I mean, that was just not something that I think I'll put it this way. I think we've, we've grown accustomed to seeing things like that not happen within the game and within the white lines at this point, because there are ways that yes, you can attack receivers and make sure that they're not catching passes but it shouldn't look like that. You know, it's one of those things like the Supreme court standard, right? You, you know it when you see it, that just did not look right. And I just, I'm I'm glad Michael Pittman was able to get up and walk off. But I think that when you have had repeated violations, this is the type of escalation that kind of needs to happen because health and safety of players has to be paramount for the national football league. Meanwhile, Tom Brady retired and, not returning to the NFL, went over to the window and shook his fist at the cloud, complaining about the situation. And he's done this before. He did it while he was playing, and this is one of his soapbox items. Nobody likes seeing players get hurt, but hard hits happen. Quarterbacks should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. Quarterbacks need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places. And defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defensive player all the time is just flat out wrong. Need better quarterback play. It's not okay, quarterbacks, to get your receivers hit because of your bad decisions. All right, Tommy, what do you propose here? What? It's a problem without a solution. Should you throw the flag on the quarterback? Is that what the I, – I mean, let's – Take this to the logical extreme. What is he advocating for here? I'd love to have this conversation with him. I'm not being I'm not being an ass here. I'd love to sit down with him and say, what are you really asking for? I mean, haven't we all dealt with someone in our life that is upset about something? And at some point you say, okay, I understand you're upset. I hear you. But what do you want? Tom, what, what I really want to know what he wants here. Should you not throw the foul on the guy who goes headhunting? Is it okay because the quarterback throws the hospital ball to put the guy in the hospital? Are you suggesting it should be offsetting fouls? I don't understand what his solution is. I understand what his complaint is. And he's already morphing into, you know, the good old days are gone for good and they don't do it like we used to do it. And we're going to have to hear that shit endlessly when he's in the booth. And I wonder if he is going to say that in the booth. I wonder if he is going to say these kinds of things. Let me tell you, if he does, uh, let me give you a clue here, Tom. Here's a little reality about working for a network broadcast partner of the NFL. You say stuff like that in the booth, somebody's getting a phone call. And you may be powerful enough that you can be impervious to it. You still have to deal with the fact 
that Lakeland Murdoch's going to call you up and say, you know, they really weren't thrilled about that thing you said. So I want to know what his solution is. He can gripe all he wants. And it's free speech. I'm not, oh, 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 you, you say whatever you want. I, he's saying whatever he wants, and I'm saying what I want in response to it. I'm saying you're complaining without a solution. Give me a solution, and then I'll take your complaint a little more seriously. I think he says in their coaches need to coach better. QBs need to read coverages. That's and not a solution. The right places. Well, that's, that's, that's what not his a solution, solution is, though. I mean, I, I hear you, but Mike. That's but that's not I'm a saying, real like, solution. He, I know. But, but when you're looking at quarterbacks. I'm talking about what and, do you do? Hospital ball has been part of the game forever. What yes. do you do? Right now they penalize the defensive player. The reason he's complaining about it is they penalize the defensive player for hitting the player who catches the hospital ball. He doesn't like that. What should the solution be when the defensive player puts into concussion protocol the guy who caught the pass that was put in the spot that Tom Brady didn't approve of? What else do you do there? That's my point. There's nothing else you can do other than throw a penalty flag on the defensive player. There's nothing else you can do. Right, yes. No, I, and I agree with you to that point. But at the same time, the quarterbacks put your, put your receivers in a better position to make plays. You know, be more accurate. I think is what his larger point is, you know, don't, don't throw something where your receiver is getting led right to a safety. And like, you know, there are things that it is, the, the onus is entirely on the defense. That's something that Mike Tomlin actually said um, during his press conference yesterday before the suspension announcement came out. But I, I think when you're looking at it and we say things are a hospital ball, is that not inherently a bad throw by the defense? If we call, excuse me, by the quarterback, if we call something yes. a hospital ball, it is. So don't but, don't make bad throws is, I think, what he's saying. And now, is that a solution I, I know, to but, the foul but, situation? No. no. But I, that's what he's talking about. What he's kind of saying is don't throw a flag at all. That it's not the defensive player's fault, so he shouldn't be penalized right. for helmet-to-helmet contact when it's a hospital ball. But good luck defining that in the moment. I mean, the bottom line is, yeah. they put the, as Mike Tomlin said, they put the onus on the defense to not do it. You have to change your strike zone. You have to be mindful of where the guy is. He's in a defenseless posture. And th there were hospital balls before. It, you know, at some point somebody argued that quarterbacks throw more hospital balls now because you get 15 extra yards if the yes. guy gets hit. I really yes. don't think quarterbacks are serving up their teammates as sacrificial lambs to get to. a first down and a half. Right. It's yeah. the same bad play that's always been there. You know what the solution is? Here's the solution. Fewer teams. That's the solution. Because if you have fewer teams, then you have fewer bad quarterbacks throwing hospital balls. You only have franchise quarterbacks. They'll all be as good as Tom Brady was. That's not a real solution either. There's never going to be fewer teams. If anything, there's going to be more teams. So he's just shouting into the void. And I don't know who he's pandering to with this. I don't know if he's just letting off steam. There's just something about it that bothers me, as you can tell. Yes, I. but I think that what bothers him is that quarterbacks are leading receivers into possibly being injured. So that's, they to have. me, what he's saying. Yeah, and like you, you have to be more accurate. You have to be able to put the ball in the spot that is going to be the best wow. for the receiver to make a play, right? Not just catch it, but catch it and run. And sometimes that's not necessarily going to happen. Sometimes you're going to have those tight window throws where – it's going to be over the middle and it's bang, bang. And you just got to make the play because it's third down. And we don't necessarily have the best call against this defense, but we have something it. that can be a solution. I hate to think it's as simple as this. Is it as simple what? as 
him just wanting to be able to basically say, no one can do it like I did it. These guys just can't do it like I did it. And that's the reality. There's a lot of guys out there that aren't Tom Brady, but they still have to play the games. There's the, Tom, you were able to do it. Most guys can't. Whether in a storm of activity and they're trying to not get their own heads taken off by the defensive linemen, not many guys can pull that off on a regular basis and not once in a while put a ball in a spot where it's going to get the receiver hit. All right, let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Bad news for the Bengals. It was reported last night by NFL Network that Jamar Chase, star receiver, will miss time with the separated shoulder that he suffered in the fourth quarter of Saturday's win over the Vikings. The Bengals have the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Browns still to come. They need Jamar Chase. Jake Browning needs Jamar Chase. T. Higgins looking pretty good. Tyler Boyd, no slouch. But... Jamar Chase is the heart and soul of that passing game. They need him on the field. We'll see if he's back before the end of the regular season. And if the Browns, or Browns, Bengals, same state, same first letter, if the Bengals can hold it together and get to the postseason without Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for the Bengals. And it always was without um, uh, Joe Burrow at quarterback. But when you have to play at Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, and then you have to go to Kansas City, and then play a, a, a tough game that Kansas City's going to need to win. And then who knows what's going to happen with Cleveland. I mean, the, the Browns may have a playoff spot wrapped up by then. They may not. And they're probably not going to win the division, but there's still a chance that they could. Who knows what that Week 17 game is going to look like. But without Jamar Chase for at least this week, that does make that road that much tougher for Cincinnati Bengals team that has definitely fought and fought hard over the last few weeks. A lot of teams still alive. A lot of teams, as we enter the final three weeks of the season, just two days away from the start to week 16, which will have two of the seven and seven teams from the NFC battling it out. We'll get you ready every step of the way at profootballtalk.com. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of PFT Live. Miles, thanks as always. Great job. Everybody else, see you tomorrow. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.